Hi, this is Maddie Rose, host of The Fame Game, and this is Our Future is Missing. Please be on the lookout for Lauren Spirer. She is 20 years old and went missing from Bloomington, Indiana, June 3rd, 2011 at 4.30 a.m. She is Caucasian, 4'11", 95 pounds, with blue eyes and blonde hair. She was wearing a white tank top, a white button-down shirt, and full-length black spandex pants. If you know of Lauren's whereabouts, please contact the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children's Hotline, 1-800-THE-LOST or 1-800-843-5678. To see a picture of Lauren, please click on the link on the Voice America homepage, Our Future is Missing, or go to ourfutureismissing.com. Thank you. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are all of your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Raven Devani, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we are talking with a very special guest, Ed Arentz, co-founder of Music Box Films, plus we will be talking about the U.S. Olympic Trials and the red carpet event for the new Amazing Spider-Man film, plus we will be reviewing The Amazing Spider-Man, McKenna Shoots for the Stars, Mirror Mirror, and Katy Perry Part of Me. So to start off the show, we have Ed Arendt, who is the co-founder of Music Box Films. So how are you doing today, Ed? I'm good, Raven. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for being with us. So like I said, you're the co-founder of Music Box Films. What inspired you to start this company and get into this line of work? Well, uh, Music Box Films is dedicated to... Uh, to bringing interesting films, typically from overseas, uh, to to the to U.S. audiences. So, you know, the most basic uh, motivation was was the same enthusiasm that you have uh, when you see a movie and you want to share it with friends. We have uh, sort of created a, a larger paradigm, and and uh, we we attempt to share it with a much much larger. Uh, audience base than, than just immediate friends, but that's, that's kind of where it starts. I mean, uh, we like something and we think it's worthy of, of uh, other people's attention. And you're also one of the leading distributors of Art House Films in the U.S., so could you explain to us what Art House is? Art House is um, a kind of an amorphous concept, but basically it's, it's off Hollywood. You know, you've heard the expression... Broadway and then off Broadway or off off Broadway. Mm-hmm. It's it's um, typically films that are are addressing issues that uh, typically Hollywood films don't don't uh, address or or it does things in um, you know Hollywood in in recent decades has has drifted away from from doing dramas and uh, so a lot of art house films are dramas and. Mm-hmm. Um, Typically, art house films are either American independent productions, documentaries, or foreign language films uh, that are that are uh, uh, that use English language subtitles to allow uh, 
English-speaking audiences, uh, people limited to English only, uh, to experience uh, these films. So they'll typically play in in the in a theater that's not a megaplex, not a twenty-fiveplex or a twelveplex. Uh, usually, the average number of screens are two to five, and uh, they're either run by not-for-profits or or um, by smaller. Uh, uh, commercial operations and anyway that gives you a general idea uh, not mm-hmm. every city and not every community in the country has a, a self-defined art house theater but uh, quite a few do um, there's about 250 to 300 um, theaters that we would we would define as either full or part-time art houses and what stands out to you or what do you like about art house films compared compared to other genres of films well, I, I wouldn't say it's a, it's a genre unto itself. Um, you know, uh, there, there's a wide range of films that fall into that art house category. And again, uh, just because something is subtitled doesn't mean it's, it's, um, it's uh, to be some sort of rarefied intellectual experience. Um, these, are, uh, these are very accessible films, and they are oftentimes the popular films of, of their own, own home countries. Uh, Quill, for example, um, was, a, was a very big hit in Japan and in several other Asian markets. Um, so it doesn't, doesn't always, always mean... Uh, it's, not a, it's not a genre to itself. It, it encompasses a wide range of genres. Um, you know, you'll find action films and thrillers and um, in... in in the art house uh, category, um, what you won't typically find are, you know, the the big movie stars and the and the and the super big budgets and the and the massive special effects kind of experiences. So that's that's very very typical of, of um, Hollywood film productions. Well, that's very cool. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host Raven Devaney, and today we are talking with Ed Arendt co-founder of Music Box Films, plus we will be talking about the U.S. Olympic Trials and the red carpet event for The Amazing Spider-Man, plus we will be reviewing The Amazing Spider-Man, McKenna Shoots for the Stars, Mirror Mirror, and Katy Perry Part of Me. So right now we are talking with Ed Arendt, co-founder of Music Box Films, and he was just telling me a little bit about art house films. So, Ed, you've released some of the films that um, we reviewed at Kids First, such as Miss Manus and Quill, Life of a Guide Dog. So could you tell us a little bit about those films? Well, th- those are examples of, of really interesting uh, uh, foreign, um, non-U.S. productions. Uh, Miss Manus was, uh, it was a Dutch film, um, and uh, Quill, as I mentioned, is a Japanese film. But we felt like there were audiences for, for both films in the U.S. Um, they're a, a little atypical in that they're, the audience that we envision for them is, is more of a, of, a, of a family audience, let's say. Uh, Miss Manus is a story about a, a cat that turns into a woman who can, can, can still communicate with her, her cat friends. Um, Quill is, this, is, is really, uh, as the subtitle suggests, it's, it's the... It's the life of a guide dog, and it follows a a um, uh, a yellow lab puppy from uh, from the litter to uh, to being selected to be trained as a guide dog, and that training process, and then and then being um, 
being assigned to um, a blind person and and then living uh, very closely with the blind person and 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 the blind person's family and it's it, it gives you um, a, a sense of of the life of of, of a working dog and um, um, so that's those are the, the the basic premises of of those of these two films and you know if each of them had they been made in in Hollywood um, with U.S. actors and uh, bigger budgets would would be not not atypical for a, a Hollywood uh, production. Um, mm-hmm. So what what's interesting about them is is that they're very accessible and uh, it just so happens that they were produced in uh, overseas. Um, mm-hmm. And last week we reviewed Quill on our show. I believe it was last week. It might have been two weeks ago. Um, but could you tell us a little bit about what you think of Quill? Because all of the critics um, from Kids First, we absolutely loved it. But would you tell us your opinions? Well, I'm a little biased, as you can guess. But uh, needless to say, I, I love the movie, and uh, my family loved it. And I think I got into this the last time you guys talked to me, but. Uh, my stepdaughter uh, was a uh, raised seeing eye puppies. Um, she was uh, belonged to a a puppy club, um, and they were working with the 4-H and uh, the uh, the seeing eye organization um, works with families all around the country uh, to acclimate these puppies to to uh, to family life and to. Uh, to have them house trained and and just acclimated to uh, to normal life uh, before they're then asked to, uh, to to train for for this other career and only about forty percent of them make the cut and uh, of the three dogs that we uh, we raised two of them went on to uh, to, to brilliant careers the third um, uh, was probably more suited to be a therapy dog, and and uh, that dog is is with us today, and her name is is Velma, and she's a golden retriever. So the the, the story of Quill uh, spoke to us very directly, based on our experiences uh, uh, raising these puppies, and then and and then knowing that they had this larger larger um, uh, goal in, in in their lives, and and you know as difficult as it was to up after about a year, uh, we knew uh, they never you know, belonged to us and that they were uh, their foster parents. Um, uh, so it, it, Quill is a, is a movie that spoke very directly to us and, and our experiences. We think uh, anyone who, who's ever had a dog or, or just loves dogs, um, and I'd say even beyond that, anyone who sort of admires their, their, uh, their dedication and their, their service to humanity will uh, will not fail to respond to this movie. Well, absolutely. It sounds like a fantastic film. And like I said, I know our critics loved it. So one more quick question before we go to break. What do you think U.S. audiences will think of Quill? Because I know you were saying in Japan it's very popular, but how do you think U.S. audiences will respond to the film? Well, you know, I think they're going to be quite moved, frankly. Um, it, it is, uh, in, in my humble estimization, a, a classic dog movie, and uh, there's a few of them, uh, Old Yeller, more recently, I suppose, Marley, um, uh, uh, My Dog Skip was another, is another great one, um, 
uh, I think it's going to enter uh, that select group of of, uh, of revered and and loved uh, uh, stories of of, uh, of canine heroes. And Quill is is definitely a hero. Absolutely. Well, Ed, thank you so much for talking with us. We really appreciate having you. Well, thanks. Thanks for again for having me. Take care. Let's take a break. I'm Raven Devaney from Kids First Coming Attractions, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First Film Critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. And welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. We have with us now Camille, and she recently went to the U.S. Olympic Trials in San Jose, and she also saw the new American Girl film, McKenna Shoots for the Stars, which has a little bit to do with uh, the Olympics. So, Camille, how are you today? I'm great. How about you? 
I'm awesome. So, like I said, you got to go to the U.S. Olympic Trials. So, what was it like for you? Like, what was that whole experience like for you? Um, it was amazing. It was so much fun. It was really cool. Um, we don't have cable or dish or anything at home, so we've never really seen the Olympics. So, it was a really, like, nice change, and it was really cool. That sounds awesome. So, what was your favorite part of the whole experience? Wow. I really don't know. I think I just like the whole thing. (laughs) And what was some other, like, cool things that you experienced on your whole trip? Like, I hear you had a fun meetup at the airport. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. um, Well, we saw a bunch of the um, winners and participants um, at the airport. And it was really cool because on our flight to L.A. from San Jose, California, um, I got to sit next to um, Michaela Maroney, um, who is going to the Olympics. Oh, my gosh. That's so exciting. If you, you know, go to a friend's house or something and watch the Olympics, you could be like, oh, my gosh, I saw that person. I sat next to an airplane. So fun. (laughs) Definitely. So you also got to watch McKenna Shoots for the Stars, the film, um, which is an American Girl film, and you also got to meet the stars of the DVD, and you also got to meet the members of the U.S. gymnastics team. So what was it like meeting them? Um, Well, at first I was a little bit nervous because I've never really um, met people who were somewhat famous, so it... um, At first, it was a little bit nervous, but then I got kind of more used to it, and Mm -hmm. yeah. But my my first time I met um um I met um Jade when I was interviewing her. I was shaking the whole time, and I was really scared. But then I got more comfortable around her, and it was a it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm, absolutely, and Jade is the star of the film, so I could understand how you would be a little bit nervous. I still get nervous interviewing people, and I've had several interviews, so I <laughs> definitely understand how it would be nervous for you. But isn't she the same age as you, so was that a little bit more easier yeah. for you to talk to her? That's awesome. Yeah, she is. So tell us a little bit more about your interview with her. I asked her, um, you know... I asked her a few questions, and, um, you know, they all were super nice to me, and I, um, we did start start a couple of, We had to start over once, um, but they were all, like, super nice. She was really nice. Um, they made it f- really easy, and I felt really comfortable. Um, well, that's so, yeah. awesome. It's always good to feel comfortable when you're talking to people because it makes not only you feel better, but it makes them feel better. So that's awesome. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the uh, DVD, the movie McKenna Shoots for the Stars. Tell us a little bit about what that's about. Well, it was an ad- it's an adaptation of the um, American Girl McKenna stories written by Mary Casanova. Um, it's by a girl named McKenna Brooks played by Jade Pettyjohn, um, and she's kind of trying to balance the pressures of her life, you know, her family, her friends, school, and gymnastics, obviously. Um, and I guess, so, and her favorite event is the balance beam, and the balance beam is kind of like a metaphor for the balance that we all have to find in our lives in this mm-hmm. film. And um, so 
she's working super hard um, to qualify for the regional competitive gymnastics team. Um, and she's also having trouble in school and has to be tutored. And you know, she's trying to hide it from her friends that she's being tutored. And um, she is having trouble with her friendship um, with her best friend, Tulane. Um, play, um, and she's not listening to her coach, and she gets hurt at one point. Well, it sounds like an awesome film. Camille, thank you so much for telling us all about your experience at the U.S. Olympic Gymnastics Trials and also the McKenna Shoots for the Stars DVD, which came out on July 3rd, so be sure to check it out because it sounds awesome. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devani, and today we are talking about the U.S. Olympic Trials and the red carpet event for the new film, The Amazing Spider-Man. Plus, we are reviewing The Amazing Spider-Man, McKenna Shoots for the Stars, Mirror, Mirror, and Katy Perry, Part of Me. So, right now we have with us Daniel Menegas, who went to the red carpet event for the new film, The Amazing Spider-Man. So, how are you doing today, Daniel? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm awesome. So, oh my gosh, I'm so jealous of you. You got to go to the red carpet event for The Amazing Spider-Man, so tell us about your experience there. Well, uh, there were a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like, like, we were there, and we were walking to the place where we were supposed to stand, and not on the red carpet, there were loads and loads of people standing behind fences waiting for all the celebrities to walk out at the end of the red carpet. We were standing at the end of the red carpet where everybody has to walk through in order to go through the theater, so we got to interview a lot of people. That's awesome. Great. So tell us a little bit about some of the people that you got to interview. Uh, I interviewed... Um, Leif Gandort, who plays uh, Glasses or the uh, car thief, ca- uh, pardon me, cash register thief in the movie, which is the character who ends up uh, shooting Peter's uncle Ben. I got to interview Michael Barr, who plays a store clerk that gives uh, Peter a hard time. And I got to order, uh, pardon me, I got to interview Max Charles, who plays little Peter Parker when he's four years old, who, by the way, is adorable. (laughs) And I got to interview, I got to do a group interview with Andrew Garfield. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyway, um, so that sounds so fantastic and really, really fun. Tell us what you thought about the movie. The Amazing Spider-Man. I thought the movie was very, very, very good. I thought it was um, it was my second favorite out of the four. Um, mm-hmm. The second one is still my favorite, but I thought this one came really, really close to that one. And I thought the storyline was great, and the acting was great, and it's amazing what they can do with the special effects nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought the whole movie was fantastic, and I thought it was going to be sort of like an add-on to the most recent um, Spider-Man series starring Tobey Maguire, but it was like a completely different franchise of the thing, which I thought was really cool. And I did some research, and I found out that it's um, more of a remake of The Ultimate Spider-Man, which was a series that came out later. I know all about that. Mm -hmm. Sort of like comics. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, I know that. So tell us a little bit more about your experience at the red carpet and what was it like? Did you get to go in and see um, the Amazing Spider-Man in the theater with all of the actors and stuff? 
No, I didn't get to see a bit of there. The invitation was only just to be pressed, but I did get to screen the movie last night. That's awesome. Yeah, I thought, like I said, the movie was fantastic. So tell us um, what you thought. I know you were saying that the special effects in the movie were awesome, but tell us a little bit more about what you thought of the visuals in this movie. Um, just everything was amazing to be able to do. Uh, I was reading in the press pack that said that there were two major sets that they had that were completely CG in the film. There was one on top of the Oscorp Tower, and there was a whole block of 54th Street that they had to CG. And I couldn't tell at all which parts were CG and which parts were actually props or sets. And I thought, no, just all of the special effects were amazing. And what did you think about the acting in this film? I thought the acting was rather good. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just thought it was good. Exactly. It was good. That's awesome. Yeah, I think Emma Stone is such a fantastic actress. Like, I really look up to her. And then I love Andrew Garfield. I think he's awesome. Yeah. So it was cool to see them in a movie together, especially they're dating now, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And they were really good in the movie together. I thought yeah. that it was awesome. I also thought that Andrew Garfield did a great job with his American accent since he is uh, British and he grew up in London. So he had a... When we interviewed him, he had, a, he had an English accent. And... Then in the movie, we see the movie being completely American and flawless. Yeah, he's very good at pulling off his accent. Yes. So did you have a favorite part of the film at all? No, I liked the whole thing. Well, I, don't, I have to I don't... agree on that. The whole film mm-hmm. was awesome. I don't think I could have a favorite character either. Well, actually, no, I take that back. Peter Parker's my favorite character. But anyway, (laughs) I thought the whole thing was awesome. Well, Danny, thank you so much for talking with us about your experience on the red carpet and also the amazing Spider-Man film. Let's take a break. I'm Raven Devaney from Kids First Coming Attractions, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First Film Critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Remember Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. 
Listen for The Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, and welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Let's discuss Mirror Mirror, which just came out on DVD and Blu-ray, so check that out. And we have with us Camille and Juliana. So how are you doing today, Juliana? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm awesome. And Camille, how about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. How about you? I'm great. All right. So, Juliana, why don't you tell us a little bit about this film? Okay, so this is about the Queen and Snow White. And so what the Queen wants to do is get rid of Snow White so she can remain the fairest of them all forever using magic. Yes, I recently watched this film with my little brother, and I thought it was so cute. It was such a great film. It was more of like a modern twist on you know, the Snow White story that we all know and that we all grew up with. And I thought it was awesome because something that was different in this film is instead of Snow White, you know, being like, oh my gosh, I'm like a princess and I need to be saved and blah, blah, blah. She, you know, she was like, why can't I be the hero? And I thought that was cool. And she sort of ended up saving the prince instead of the prince saving her, which was a nice twist. So, Camille, what did you think of this film? I thought that this film was... um was really well done. It, um, I agree with you. I kind of like the twist on it. Um, and I, I really enjoyed watching it. Absolutely. So, Juliana, what did you think of the visuals in this film? I thought the visuals were good. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, like, really, really good. Mm-hmm. What I thought was cool about the visuals is it was, like, so colorful and lavish because the queen was, like, so over the top with wanting everything so like you know she was royalty and she wanted everything to be royal so I thought it was cool to see like all of the scenery and all of the costumes how lavish they were so Camille can you tell us if you have a favorite character or a favorite scene in this film um well my favorite character in this film well I like the seven dwarves but the two Mm -hmm. um I can't decide between these two dwarves, but the two dwarves that really stuck out to me um, were Chuckles <laughs> and Half Pint. Mm-hmm. And I really liked Chuckles because he just laughed at everything, and it really wanted to make me laugh. Mm-hmm. And Half Pint, the whole time he was trying to get Snow to be his girlfriend, and I thought that that was really funny and cute. Mm-hmm. And do you think you have a favorite scene of this film? Um... 
I think my favorite scene um, is when Snow White is first introduced to the Seven Dwarves. Mm-hmm. And I think probably my favorite scene... Well, I don't know. I like this whole film. It's kind of hard for me to pick because I thought the whole film was very cute and very entertaining. Yes, definitely. But I really liked when the queen was getting ready for the ball and she was, like, having this beauty ritual. And it was so funny because she had, like, instead of, like, a mud mask, she had, like, bird poop smeared on her face. And, like, she got stung in the lips by bees to, like, make them bigger. And I just thought it was so funny because it's, like you know girls we do all this like we have all these beauty beauty rituals and hers were like so very odd and very different but i thought it was funny yeah definitely that would probably have to be my second favorite scene (laughs) so juliana what do you think about the acting in this film i thought the acting was good it was actually like very believable that that could actually happen like Mm -hmm. someone wanting power forever using, like, magic and getting rid of their stepdaughter because eventually they will be, like, prettier than you and you don't want, ever want that to happen. Like, she wanted to stay the fairest of them all. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I thought was really cool about this film is that, you know, the typical thing is the queen says mirror, mirror on the wall and then whatever, who's the fairest of them all or, like, where's Snow White or whatever, whatever little rhyme she has. And the mirror will talk to her, but instead she would say mirror, mirror, and she would go into the mirror and then she'd end up, like, at the shack in the middle of the ocean and the mirror was a reflection of herself, but it wasn't, it, it wasn't, the, herself didn't say what she wanted to hear it more said what she needed to hear and I thought it was cool because the queen was so like full of herself and like oh my gosh I'm the greatest blah 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 and her reflection in the mirror really sort of toned her down and like wasn't wasn't as lavish as the queen herself was so Juliana what do you think the age group for this film should be? Um, I think it's from like five to adults but it's great for the whole family because I saw it with my family and we all enjoyed it and my brother cannot stop cracking up people started staring at him (laughs) yes I agree with you I think this film is for all ages I saw it I didn't see it with my parents but I watched it with my little brother and he absolutely loved it he was actually waiting for it to come in the mail to me he was like is it here yet is it here yet and when it finally came we watched it twice like in one day because he loved it so much and I think my parents would absolutely love it as well because they like those cute films that we could watch all together as a family (laughs) you're listening to Voice America Kids Network I'm your host Raven Devaney and today we are talking about Mirror Mirror and Katy Perry Part of Me So right now we have Camille and Juliana, and we're talking about Mirror Mirror, which recently came out on DVD and Blu-ray, so be sure to check that out in stores near you, because it's an awesome, very cute, fun family movie. So Juliana, would you tell us how many stars you would give this film on a scale of one to five? I would give this five, because it's just a really adorable movie, and I loved it, and it's just hilarious, and I like it. Like... I've seen the original Snow White, and I like this one better. Mm-hmm. And Camille, how many stars would you give this film on a scale of one to five? Um, I would probably give this film five out of five stars because overall, I thought this movie had great acting, um, an easy to follow and good plot and story, um, and it was just plain awesome. <laughs> it was just plain awesome. It was fantastic. 
So, Juliana, do you think there were any big morals or messages that this film could put out to audiences? Uh, yeah. Well, one is that you should always believe in yourself and, like, never doubt yourself. Because, like, there were parts where one of the servants would say that's Snow White. Mm-hmm. And I think that you should always be, like, nice to other people because what goes around comes around when, if you think of it that way. Absolutely. And Camille, what do you think are the biggest morals and messages that this film puts out to audiences? I guess women don't have to be saved by men all the time. Mm-hmm. I think that that's um, a big one. And also um, that, you know, like Juliana was saying, you know, be n- you know, treat others the way you want to be treated. Absolutely. I agree with you on all of those things, but I think the biggest one for me is sort of like what Camille said, but um, be your own hero, in my opinion. That can be for guys or girls or anyone. I think just be your own hero, because if you're waiting around for someone to save you, you could just be saving yourself. And whether you're locked away in a castle or whether you're being bullied, you know, don't wait for someone to save you. You can you can do it yourself, and you can make your life better. So, Camille, do you think you can relate to any part of the story or any specific character in the film? I don't really know. You're not sure? That's okay. No. Juliana, what about you? Um, sometimes I think I would be, like, Snow White, because, like, sometimes I doubt myself, and then people help me, and I understand, mm-hmm. like she did, and, Yeah. Absolutely. I think I could probably relate to Snow White as well, but I don't think I, like, 100% relate to Snow White, but there are definitely certain aspects about her that resonate with me, and certain parts of the movie that I could be like, oh my gosh, I relate to that, and I think there's certain parts of the film that everyone can relate to, and not necessarily the same part, but I'm sure that every single person that watches the film could pick out, if they really thought about it, could pick out one part that they relate to, because it is a very cute film, and I think it's perfect for all ages and every type of you know genre that you like you could definitely like this film I believe so I think one of the people that I really like in this film definitely not my favorite character but someone that I really like in this film is the queen because I mean she was mean she was not a nice person at all but she was funny like with her you know comments because she was um narrating the film most of the time and her comments and her like little jokes her humor I thought was just funny how she was like of course Snow White has pale white skin she's 18 years old and she's never been outside and I just thought that part was funny Yeah, I'd have to agree with you, Raven. (laughs) Well, Juliana and Camille, thank you so much for telling me all about Mirror Mirror and for telling our audiences. And everyone, be sure to go check it out in a store near you because, like I said, just came out on DVD and Blu-ray. And as you can tell by how much we love it, it is awesome. Let's take a break. I'm Raven Devaney from Kids First Coming Attractions, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. 
To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the kids' first film critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, and welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Now let's discuss the new film, Katy Perry, Part of Me. And today, Brianna is going to be interviewing me about this film because I just saw it yesterday, actually. So, Brianna, I'll let you take it away. Okay. How are you, Raven? I'm awesome. How are you, Brianna? Very good, thank you. Can you tell me a little bit about this film? Absolutely. So Katy Perry Part of Me is obviously about Katy Perry, and it follows her on her journey to superstardom through, you know, her whole life. And I was expecting it to be more of like a concert film because you've seen that they have like the Hannah Montana concert film and the Justin Bieber concert film. But this was, you know, so much more of like a documentary and less of seeing her in concert, which I thought was awesome because it was so cool to watch her, you know, sort of grow up in all of this craziness because I've been listening to Katy Perry for such a long time like some of her smaller albums that probably not everybody has and it's so cool because you know she just recently became so huge in 2010 I believe it was she went on like her first big tour and it was so cool just to see how you know she wanted this dream so bad and she just created it for herself 
which I think was awesome. That's good, because, so it's kind of like a, you kind of know her, not her story, but her, like, timeline, kind of, in, in the production business. Absolutely. So, with that said, do you feel as though you understand Katy Perry's life, or not so much life, but what she has to go through? Better? Absolutely. She grew up in a very religious household, which I didn't know personally, but I'm sure, you know, major Katy Perry fans definitely know that. But I didn't know that she grew up in a very religious household, and all she was allowed to listen to was gospel music. And she, you know, she sang gospel music and made a couple gospel albums. And then um, when she was a teenager, she went over to a friend's house and she actually listened to, like, different music. And she really just, it really inspired her to sing, you know, whatever she felt. And she went through a bunch of different um, music and record deals and all this stuff and it all fell through and she finally went to this one record label and they liked her but they kept telling her what she should dress like and what her image should be and what kind of music she would sing and finally she was like no like I've waited so long to to sing my music I don't want to sing my music and not be myself so she really just created this whole world for herself and it really shows through in her tour because the entire entire Katy Perry tour is just like her, you know, her imagination just thrown out onto a stage, which was awesome to see. You said that you like seeing her on stage and things like that. So is this a tour or is it kind of just a storyline? Well, it follows her going on her big tour, but it's not all her on stage. It definitely shows little snippets of her on stage. But um, it does follow her going on tour, but it's mostly of her, like, telling her story. And it'll be cool, like, when when she's on tour, there'll be, like, a, her on stage in the background, like, singing a sad song. And then she'll be talking about some, like, sad parts in her life. Or, like, when she's on stage singing a love song, there'll be little snippets of all of her friends and family talking about when she fell in love with Russell Brand. So it was kind of like that. It was mostly a documentary, though. That's good. So it's like she sings something, and then after that, she kind of says what went along with the song. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it was cool to see that, because then it's like, oh, this this isn't just... It, it's cool, because it seems like a lot of artists, they sing songs because it sounds good. And she sings songs and writes the lyrics she writes, because that's what she feels, and that's what's going on through her head while she's, you know, writing and performing. That's good. I, I like when songs do that. It's not just a song that sounds good. It's some like something's behind that. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, is there anything that stood out to you? You said a lot of things that you really liked, but is there anything that stood out to you? Gosh, the whole thing really stood out to me. Oh, what was cool is um before the film started, well, it was kind of part of the film, but um what I the song what I want or you're the one that I want from Greece was playing and there was like the words at the bottom and it was like all there was like pink writing all over it and it was so cool and everyone in the entire theater started singing along and it was so fun I think something that really stood out to me was not necessarily part of the movie but the whole experience of going to the theater and watching it because everybody in the movie theater had glow sticks and there were people like dressed up there was this one guy that was wearing like an all white outfit that had like um little red and white mints loose uh, glitter glued all over it and it said like Katy Perry it was just cool like everyone was so excited and so happy and everyone was like singing along to the songs and it was really fun it's nice to have a good atmosphere it's 
nice to have. Mm-hmm. Um, is there was the music in this film? Did it have background music and the music that she was playing, or was it just the music that she came up in front and just played? Um, it was mostly just her music playing. And what I also thought was really cool about this film is another thing that stood out to me going back to the previous question that you asked me um, was, like, all throughout the film, there was little videos of some of her fans saying how she inspired them, which I thought was really, really awesome to see her and how much she's really impacted her fans, which was just fantastic. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are talking about Katy Perry, Part of Me, which I recently saw and came out in films on July 5th, came out in theaters on July 5th, excuse me, and Brianna is interviewing me right now. So I'll let you continue with that, Brianna. Okay. Um, being a documentary, did you like this film even more, or was it... or? Was it like, uh, I don't usually watch these types of films, or did was it hard to figure out what was happening? I thought this film was very easy to follow because, you know, it wasn't like a blockbuster, you know, made-up film where it was like this huge plot. It was just her, like, telling about her life and everything she's gone through, and I really liked this film. Um, you know, I actually do watch a lot of de- documentaries, but it wasn't, like, if you don't like documentaries, you could definitely go see this and really, really like it. Because something that was cool about it is um, the filming of her, like, on stage while she's performing was so cool because you could see, like, her getting ready, um, putting on, like, all of her makeup and then behind stage getting ready to go on stage and then her on stage and then after the uh, performances, you know, taking all her makeup off and just going to sleep. And it was awesome to see that whole process because when you go to see a concert, all you see is them on stage and you don't really know what happens before or after the concert or after you see them. So it was kind of cool to experience that part of performance life. So it's like, like Katy Perry without the mask on, not the mask so much, but, but yeah, when I know she's on stage, yeah, when she's on stage, it's this thing that you see, it's like she were, she rehearsed, like, the songs, and but before and after, it's just, like, her being her, so. Mm-hmm. Well, and something that was also really cool about it is because she was so busy, because she was, you know, on tour, and it was, like, her first big tour, but something that was really cool is because she's constantly surrounded by, like, managers and producers and makeup artists and, you know, stylists and trainers and all this stuff, but it wasn't, like... She, her whole attitude towards it wasn't like, oh, these people work for me. I'm going to tell them what to do. It was like, these people are my family. And it was so cool to watch her interact with everyone she was working with because they were all acting like they were best friends. And it was cool because, you know, they had all become really, really good friends. And her, um, her stylist and her makeup stylist, she had met both of them before she became huge. And when she did become huge, she was like, hey, do you want to come work with me? So it was really cool because she was very down to earth when she was, you know, interacting with everyone. Yeah, because sometimes you see people are like, oh, do this for me and do that for me, like like they own them. So Mm -hmm. it's good to have someone that like you can look up to and be like, they're very down to earth. Mm-hmm. They're very. They notice that people are trying to help them. So that's that's good to know that someone is out there like that. Yes. What age group would you recommend this film for? I think I would recommend this film for all ages um, because Katy Perry definitely her music touches everyone, whether it's adults 
teenagers, little kids. Um, I saw it, and I loved it, and I'm a teenager, and I saw it with my little brother, and he doesn't even really listen to Katy Perry music because, like, he's an eight-year-old little boy, and he loved it. He thought it was awesome, and then as soon as we got home, he was, like, singing all of the music and dancing like her, and it was so funny. And then also in the film, there was footage of um, people that were probably, like, my parents' age and older, and they were like, we don't care how old we are, we're Katy Perry fans, so I think absolutely all ages so so it's definitely a family film mm-hmm. absolutely that's, that's good do you think the majority of people who watch it will like it or is it kind of just a I absolutely think the majority of all people that watch it will like it I think you'd really have to be like I don't know you have to be very very critical to not like it or you just have to like really not like Katy Perry I guess but I think you know even if you're not a huge fan of Katy Perry you'll love it like I said my brother doesn't even listen to Katy Perry music and he loved it and I think I would give it you know five stars because it was fantastic well Brianna thank you so much for interviewing me it's always fun to talk to you and like I said Katy Perry part of me came out in theaters on July 5th and it is awesome so be sure to grab all of your friends and family and go check it out thank you so much for joining us you've been listening to kids first coming attractions you can experience more kids first fun watch our film reviews and see your favorite up-and-coming film critics by going to www.kidsfirst.org I'm Raven Devaney, signing out, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know what to see. And speaking of see, we'll see you again next week. <laughs>